so much to be thankful for it's christmas oh how i've missed this through the joy and laughter you can feel the sadness because this christmas everyone's not with us it's the time of year when happiness and cheer Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Staff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George, the Martin Kales River, alongside the chapelries of St. Mark and St. Monica's. Uh, there are some listeners who say I spend too much time on that intro, but I believe in inclusion and St. Mark, St. Monica's, I love you equally alongside the, <laughs> the Church of St. George. I just haven't spent enough time there, to be honest. Um, I, I should rectify that. Uh, uh, maybe we should do a tour one day. We should do like a live taping at like St. Mark's and St. Monica's. Um, I'm, of course, speaking to my co-host on this Christmas Eve special Christmas episode, as usual, um, the Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman. How are you on this night before Christmas? Well, um, a lot of a sense of anticipation about tonight's service. Um, one's eye is now on ESCOM as well, uh, because you're hoping that the lights will stay on for the duration of the service. And then, of course, um, anticipation about the message that I need to preach tonight uh, as well. And um, so there is both the, 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 the package of, you know, fear and a sense of unreadiness um, and as well as the, the, the joy of the season. But the, 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 the Christmas, you know, for me is the, the, the whole a basis of one's theology um, in, in the incarnation, God with us. So it's a season that I, you know, um, cherish in 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 that. Um, I'm still going to try and see if I can visit some of the older people today, um, just to touch base with some of them. Um, so it, it may be a, actually a very busy day for me. But my focus on this evening and tomorrow. Indeed, and uh, you. So you would say your your fud is high. So your fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Um, it's a it's a term that that really took hold this year uh, in the crypto markets. Uh, more from a perspective of crypto users and investors, and like those stakeholders speaking out towards the community outside that doesn't understand what they were doing. And then obviously that whole entire house of cards came crashing down. Um, this is not going to happen today though, because I don't want to upset people's stomachs. Uh, but as you were saying, uh, speaking about incarnation, uh, we obviously dealing with, with Christmas, which is uh, Jesus Christ's nativity. Um, and then there's, a reading from Titus or Paul's letter to Titus and like there is serious incarnation vibes uh, themes throughout that that epistle. Um, Paul obviously installing Titus as as the religious leader in Crete um, with a special mandate to like fight against misinformation, which is a wonderful parallel <laughs> to the moment we find ourselves in right now. But the theme you have extracted for this Christmas Eve is a quote from Francis of Assisi, which is, for it is in giving that we receive. And I had this whole spiel about the song Wonderful, um, which my wife is kind of obsessed with this year. Uh, like, as you know, she loves Jesus enough for the both of us. Um, and this is, I don't say that maliciously. I don't say that in a bad way. It, it, it's actually been wonderful. And I've expressed this before on the podcast. It's been wonderful to see her, her faith grow alongside, obviously, my research for, like, the podcast every week and just kind of keeping sharp in, in, in the ways of the, of the Christian faith uh, so that I can, I can have proper counter arguments. Um, and yeah, just to, just to see her flourish and, and, and grow as a, as a person, um, within like her meditations and like the introspection that that brings and the, the, 
analysis that she has, the way she looks at the world and how the world functions and everything that happens. But obviously the words of Wonderful, um, the song by, I think it's Kane, the band, um, come from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7, specifically from verse 6. A child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, he will be named. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and peace will have unlimited growth. He will establish David's throne and kingdom. He will uphold it with justice and righteousness now and forever. The Lord of armies is determined to do this. And there is obviously no historical evidence that like verify Isaiah, the way Isaiah is presented in the book of Isaiah. Um, it's also the, if you look at Isaiah's prophecies of which, um, like Jesus is like the fulfillment, it, it, it's spoken into an uncertain world. Uh, this is like the second diaspora of of the Hebrews, um, they've been conquered a couple times <laughs> at this point, um, and Isaiah is this amazingly confident character who says all these things that they want to hear, who s establishes this hope, and then this hope is paid off hundreds of years later. And I think that's pretty cool. Like, like I aspire <laughs> to be able to, to instill that kind of hope to the citizens of South Africa, like through the work that I do. Yeah. I think in, in my response to, to that, when you, uh, when you living with the context that Isaiah was dealing with, um, particularly, um, with the people who were recognized as the people of the covenant. Yeah. yeah. And um, what that covenant was meant to do for them in creating them, you know, those, the beautiful way in which the Exodus puts it, um, you shall be my people, my holy nation, um, a kingdom of priests. So, so this was the role that the formerly enslaved um, persons, uh, you know, not necessarily homogeneous group of people coming out of the Egypt. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I remembered um, Martin Luther King in a, in a movie, one of the words that he had uttered when he tried to motivate more people to be part of the civil rights movement and to mm. challenge mm. the the government of of his time and 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 how easily the, the persons just became reluctant and he said these words which was captured in the movie the the slave is still in us so it was it was Martin Luther trying to 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 encourage people to 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 be civil minded and to create a new society based on the character of people, not on their skin color mm. um, and the benefit of what that was going to be um, the, 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 the potential of the minds to think something, to believe something new, to envision a better way of living. Um, but it needed protest. It needed to, to have a presence. And how many reluctantly, uh, you know, looked at the possibility but feared to get involved. 
and uh, Martin was saying, um, sadly, the slave is still within us. So how? So the covenant, the, the whole Tenth Commandments and the covenant call was to help transform the mind of, an, of, a, of a previously enslaved people only thought in Slavic ways rather than um, to think of uh, in a sense of people who now have freedom and therefore responsibility to live out their lives in a way that would encourage others. And so the call of the covenant was to be a holy nation, to be a kingdom of priests. So these were not, in my view, they're not nationalistic things where you just bind yourself into an exclusive community. It was to live a life that would give hope to others. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like even today, Christians misunderstand what it means to be a Christian. And yeah. so we exclusive in our thinking because we are determining people to live according to a standard that we are seeking to live by, that we have sort of given credence to as a, as, as a, uh, you know, the Bible says kind of philosophy. But, but, but wasn't God the God of the world and seeking to, to bring hope to all the people in every context? Using <laughs> witnesses um, by, by embracing all cultures and all of humanity rather than the God, uh, the God that we tend to present as being the God of nationalism, a God of, um, you know, the kind of thing, the kind of rhetoric, rhetoric that is now spilling over in America very, very, very much. And probably when things happen in America, like they say, if America has a sneeze, the rest of us have a flu yeah. uh, because of the propaganda and stuff. But, but the call, I mean, I think, you know, the people who walked in darkness will see a light. Um, Isaiah was trying to give these people hope that their ultimate call was to be people of light in order to to shine as hope for for the world in which they were. Um, because you know, in a way, light draws people. It um, it it it's the dynamics of light. You know, it, it is very interesting in that it would illuminate where perhaps some of us are still sitting in thinking about life in this way, new ways of thinking about life can come uh, around. Um, and so and so, I think in every age there is that sense in which we are called to be a people of hope, a people who have dealt with darkness but have seen something greater or are looking forward to something greater. You know, a person in oppression is always looking for freedom. How do they how do they attain it when it is attained? What do they do with it? Yeah. So it was really interesting that um, maybe I didn't hear the full context correctly, but it was very interesting when I was listening to feedback after the ANC conference. Now mm-hmm. I think I heard the chairperson or the president of the ANC, Cyril Ramaphosa, saying he still looked at the ANC as a movement. Mm-hmm. Whereas we are now looking at the ANC as government. Yeah. And that the characteristics of the movement is not represented in the characteristics of the government. Mm. And so are they still a movement? Because the movement brought hope. The government seems to have fumbled so much in some regards currently that it doesn't conjure very up. I was visiting um, one of the older parishioners who recently joined us from KwaZulu-Natal. Her daughter lives here, and so she's she became a member of a parish. A wonderful lady who, who, who was a retired teacher. She still reads, you know, um, lo- a lot of novels and stuff, keeps up to date in that regard. Um, and she said to me, you know, uh, this it was sadness I heard this message. It was because it was a sad message. The lady who worked, um, you know, as the dom- domestic um, service provider in her daughter's home when she was living up there till recently, um, often would say to her, when the white government was around, at least I knew I had food to eat. Now I eat. 
because I work for you. And 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 outside of this job, there's there's nothing for me. And my children are suffering, so of course that they packed in stuff for the for the family. So now you say, has the movement is the the the, the mindset of the movement does it have the power to change those that are not in government to to bear the character of what that movement was, which gave hope. And and can they do that as the government? Is my question. Um, you bring up a lot of 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 context that gets missed uh, on multiple fronts. So what what the like the movement of the ANC is dead. It's been dead for a long time. I think it died um, when they changed economic policy from RDP. Um, to gear, which was growth. Uh, I forget exactly what it stands for, but it was in Becky's policy. Um, and that was built on this whole idea that partnering throughout Africa on an economic, um, um, from an economic perspective would provide future growth um, for all the economies. Uh, trying to mimic what was happening in the Eurozone um, and just kind of ignoring the fact that like Greece existed and Spain existed that were like a drag on on the Euro. Uh, um, And it was in that change that the party realized what they were losing. But that manifested in, the response manifested in, the removal of Mbeki, which then just caused a a cascading issue uh, that we are still dealing with today. But it, it, it is fundamentally moving from trying to improve the lives of South Africans who never had access to services, um, rehoming people who had taken up informal homes or staked informal settlements um, in places that were not really conducive to human life and to move them to areas where there could be services developed around them. Uh, that that underpins um, the values of the RDP approach mm. to economic like reconstruction. And it also emphasized a partnership between private and public, um, where because we didn't have a redistribution of wealth after apartheid fell, because we made all those concessions um, to preserve peace, to have a peaceful transition, uh, we didn't end up taking things from people um, who took things from other people (laughs) in the past. Uh, So RDP kind of encouraged those businesses, those individuals who had become wealthy off of, the, off of this country to reinvest that money into the people who they ripped off. And yeah, when we when we embraced, when the ANC embraced capitalism, the idea that the graph must always go up, when they embraced economic growth, over wealth redistribution, over social upliftment. That's when the movement died. And the ANC currently, and and I only say this because this week I edited two stories. One was about a the toilet movement. There's a community in Dipsluit, um, in Johannesburg. So Dipsluit was like one of the pilot um, RTP projects uh, where they moved people from Zirvan, I forget. Uh, but they were like living in, in there was like a, a, a really squalorous kind of shanty town. And then they moved people to Dipsluit and they built um, quite a bunch of like RTP housing and rolled out services. And even in the 
in the informal settlement part of Deep Sluit. Uh, they rolled out the, the public toilets and like ablution facilities. But then from kind of 1999, like when there was that shift from RDP to gear, um, the government just stopped maintaining those toilets. And now the community has taken up this job of maintaining it and rolling out new ones and like cleaning it. And so there was the story about that. And then there was a column uh, that one of my colleagues wrote about, and he's like got an economics degree and he's quite a, a socialist as well, um, socially minded uh, person, like majors in, in, in politics as well. And he was speaking about that move and the way those two stories kind of echoed the same idea of how the ruling party has failed on their mission over time was was quite amazing and 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 it happens here again where um the hope that you speak of that Isaiah was bringing was based on this this concept of of an arrival of God God amongst us, Emmanuel, you know. Um, so it's a shift from this intangible deity that just kind of acts a little bit selfishly <laughs> and like is is governing this coveted people um, from afar to this idea of a God that's moving within the community. Uh, and and then in the Paul reading, which is uh, Titus uh, chapter 2, verses 11 to 14, there's also that kind of dichotomy. And I mean, Paul wrestles with it throughout all of his ministry, where he still got the mindset of that, that, that pharisaic mindset, where it's like, according to the law, like God is this, like we've defined God as this thing. But then he's now wrestling with this, idea of of Jesus and what he's heard about Jesus and maybe like this is the way forward so he he he, he reflects that internal conflict um in in the following way where it's like after all God's saving kindness has appeared for the benefit of all people he trains us to avoid ungodly lives filled with worldly desires so that we can live self-controlled moral and godly lives in this present world so that is the old way of thinking. This is Ten Commandments. This is like stuff being passed down from above. But then he's like, at the same time, we can expect what we hope for, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So now he's conflating the two, which from... <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll carry on and, and, and then I'll respond. He gave himself for us to set us free from every sin and to cleanse us so that we can be his special people who are enthusiastic about doing good things. So understand the context here. He's speaking to Titus, who is leading the Christian movement in Crete. And there's a lot of like false prophecy happening there. So there's a lot of ideas floating around the region, like Peter has gone out there. Peter has established the church, um, the idea of the church. He did a wonderful kind of sermon. And then everybody's now picking up on this energy and trying to exploit it in different ways and giving like mixed messages. So Paul is like, cool, this is what you must be telling people. But then he does this by by not understanding that you cannot have the idea of a generalistic kind of God that has all these rigid rules and still believe that it was made flesh and walked among us and set us free from all the sin. So it's like you're still being punished from the original thing, you're still being beaten with the first rod while you're saying that, but there was somebody who came to like take the rod away. Uh, like, like those two, those two ideas just just don't don't match. Well, I, I think that for me, in my understanding of this 
we are talking about how is God present to the world? This is God's world as the premise of our of my response mm. in my understanding of Isaiah and of the, the Titus text. So how is God present to the world? Is God active in the world? And if God is active in the world, how is God active in the world? Mm -hmm. And when God is active in the world, God is active in and through those who have come to believe in him and have sought to follow the tenets uh, that have come up from the Hebrew Bible. And basically then the story of the journey of the people of God uh, which is a, 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 a journey often where people get tired of it because people want, want to reach, as it were, the utopian experience at the end of the day, mm. whereas the journey is not about reaching an utopian experience. It's the journey in which is to influence uh, living lives that would create a world in which everybody uh, could embrace values and and uh, systems that would um, align with what the presence of God and the activity of God in the world seeks to bring. Now, we hear these wonderful themes that are various close that we would embrace, but as Paul and Isaiah and Luke, and the scripture expouses that it comes because God is active, such as um, justice and righteousness, such as um, uh, li living moral lives and godly mm -hmm. lives. These are themes we we we, we would espouse, but it, it's it's uh, they are relational terms. They call us into a relationship because on our own we would not be able to truly live them out we may grasp the concept uh, but not fully we may try to live out the characters characteristics of what it stands for that you know like the themes of advent hope peace joy love you know what do they mean outside of a relationship mm -hmm. they are meant to be worked in the context of relationship in the context in which we work we, we will, for example, just a simple thing, you, you know, um, when you go into a shop today, um, we're supposed to be a, 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 a better nation than we were before. Mm. Where in the previous nation, in previous um, mindset, people didn't matter. Now, I come from that era. I'm coming into this era now and I'm, and I'm seeing a degradation in behavior. Mm -hmm. In acknowledgement, you go to a shop, the people skills are lacking. If you don't greet the person who is who, who, who represents the company in whatever capacity they represent in the, the company, then, you know, um, you just, what are you, just a number? So many people crossed over the threshold of ma macro today. So if there was 100,000 people, we should have made a... Um, 10 billion rand or something like that. So that that matters. But but people on the ground, people who work there, do they acknowledge their customers? What happened to that respect shown to each other? The the person cleaning, you know, mopping after every mudded step that we take, you know, is 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 often thrown when you say good afternoon madam or good morning sir it's like they're not expecting it to happen so what am i going to do with all of these beautiful themes that i believe you know comes with the presence the revelation of god the activity of god in the world and in my, my human experience i have to give that so maybe that's where i touch base with um the words of saint francis of assisi uh, for this in giving that we receive. Mm -hmm. And I seen this happen at the place that somebody invited us to the other day. The the you I, I hardly crossed the threshold of this restaurant when I was already welcomed with open smiles and so on. Mm -hmm. It made a difference. It made a difference. It made me relax. It made me feel I've accepted. 
Now I walked away from that and I'm saying, how can I now give this experience to others mm. through who I am? So for me, there are those wonderful themes that people won't disagree with. Problem that I think where we, which you raise is, is it as a result of God's presence in the world? Is the results of God's activity in the world? And the incarnation is where this whole thing seems to come in. The mm -hmm. word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. He embodied who we are. Um, he's present within our human experiences. And so the, that, that becomes for me a very key thing so that all the words of, of, of the rhetoric I have in my mind about these things will also be lived in and through my life, in my encounters with others, in my care for God's world, you know, mm. the environment. I get angry when I see people throw things out of the windows these days. And I say, so what happened to the caring spirit of our humanity? Mm. Why is there that level of degradation? And it starts with simple things, yeah. yeah. You know, like the acknowledgement of each other, for for example. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it starts with a simple understanding of, or unpacking, or interpretation of what you believe as a Christian. Yeah. Where it's like you believe that Jesus is the true Son of God that he is God made flesh who walked among the people of this earth. So then that actually requires you to stop believing in the idea of God that in the past was shaped by the really crappy kings, <laughs> like really bad rulers. <laughs> so we, like people associated with the deity, um, mm. all of the human failures, anger, jealousy, insecurity, all of that was embodied within this deity and the, the, the wrath and the, like all the punishments and all that, all when you think of God and you think of like this God that will strike you down for like saying a naughty word. <laughs> Like, that's where all of that comes from. That's like Isaiah times. And Isaiah was like, no, guys, there's hope. There's hope in the future. And then that hope, if you believe, becomes Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus walked the earth as a person. He was just a person. And he showed through his actions, through his speaking, through the lessons he tried to Impart, he tried to impart that although he was constantly pointing towards the Father and saying that he was the root to God, you must now internalize this and say and admit to yourself that you have failed on your mission as a Christian to understand that he was just like, yo. Just live, just live, like have discipline. So, so, so the two commandments uh, that 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 he highlighted when he was quizzed on it, and he was like, the first, love your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and the second, treat your neighbor or love your neighbor like yourself. So the first one means all those rituals that come with loving, love your love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. So pour everything you have into the discipline of serving God. So the prayers, the daily acts of mindfulness um, through community, through observing the, the, the laws that have been passed down, the laws that kind of um, govern this act of worship. And the second one is now that you've kind of purified, simplified, regimented your life to like have this one focus that all your energy is being poured into. Allow your neighbor the same freedoms 
to find their um, their regiment and to worship and like don't bother with with their lives, don't judge them, just love them the way you love yourself, you know. And and it's 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 in this period, like where where I was really reflecting on, I was trying to capture. So so when something makes my wife really happy, when I see that smile just like flood over her face, and I can feel that that happiness, that deep inner joy. So this 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 song really bothered me, and I went to listen to it, and I went to read through the words, and what struck me was the repeating of the idea of Emmanuel, God with us. And then it, it got me thinking. I was like, yeah, the Christians kind of get it wrong. <laughs> it's like it's like Christmas has become this this thing where throughout the year you've now being pushed back to this nationalistic idea of of like this god king this this unseen external king of the universe who just rules by by fear and then a little bit of time in advent in christmas you're like oh yes yeah there was jesus you know um because even easter which is a the premier kind of 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 festival has been turned into this has been weaponized into this idea of spreading hate where it's not about the fact that Jesus died for you it's more about the fact of they kill Jesus and i don't know who that they is for you and then you like get to Christmas and like for, for two weeks, maybe you all about, oh, I need to spread love. And I'm going to spread love by like buying things and giving gifts to people instead of understanding that. What is the actual message behind the, the Advent themes? You know, what did Jesus come to embody? And and. Again, you said earlier on something about it's it's the it's all about the interpretation. Yeah. And um, and I was just thinking as you were talking about us being birthed by our parents um, into this world, which we learned through our encounter with them. Mm-hmm. What they give us what they reveal to us, we respond to. As we're growing, we respond to. But as we respond to and are shaped by that, we then also uh, uh, emit in our own attitudes, in our words, and in our behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we Even children ask questions about origin. Um, the question about Jesus is a question about origins, mm. um, and we and we and we 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 seek to explore in our minds, in our hearts. Um, am I part of a bigger whole, a mystery that I don't even readily and could not fully grasp? So, so what is this mystery, and are they, um, you know, if you look at Psalm twenty-three, for example. The, the Lord's my shepherd, the symbol of the shepherd, the figure of the shepherd uh, is symbolically found in the shepherding of sheep and um, reflecting on the presence of God. Who is God to me? If I play this role, then I understand that he could be the shepherd. But when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, a very dark place where fear is often the bedfellow, um, you are with me because I see the symbols of your presence. Mm-hmm. So how does mystery, how, how, um, John Suckett, one of um, um, my mentors, a professor in Greek and a priest, talks about God as the mysterious one. 
how does the mysterious one reveal himself to us or herself to us? Uh, what is this thing? Is there a presence that we are we are we are sensing and yet not sensing? Presence that we're trying to understand and not understand. So the the, the lectionary leads us to God through the person of Jesus Christ, through mm-hmm. the encounters of his life, through the narratives we are told. Um that point to him that tries to help us understand who he is to us. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I, you know, one of my favorite texts, uh, and one everything should be favorite, even if it's very challenging to understand, is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. As um all who have, all who are in Christ are a new creation. The old is gone, the, the new has come. Mm-hmm. I do see the if I can put it into these words, rebirth of humanity in the person of Jesus. But how is that possible? Because he is God become man, dwelt amongst us. He's the God who embodied our broken humanity. Now, from understanding and believing that, therefore I live with hope that I'm on the journey to wholeness, the journey to healness, and it's a message I've got to live in my attitude towards others in the way I do things, even though they often fly by the scanners. You know, I don't know if the other driver knows that I'm slowing down to give them a chance to come in. Mm -hmm. When I do that, why is my heart expecting them just to wave back or to put their uh, hazards on to say thank you? And often I don't get it. Now my my hurt spirit reacts. because I was trying to make something better. I was trying to accommodate my fellow being in a respectful way. So why is there a breakdown? So for me, then I have to go back to basics for myself, you know, um, because now there's woundedness in me. Now I need to journey within myself to get to the place of where I can be at peace again so that I become a peacemaker. And again, I do this in relation to that's where my prayers come in. That's where reading the scriptures come in. That's why I believe worship is so central um, to to me. Worship of the triune God through the life, through the teaching, through the person of who Jesus is. Um, So, so, you know, was the hymn writer helping us when he says, Christ be born in us today? That, that 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 the focus of the Christmas message is the presence of the Lord in our lives. Um, is the, it's, you know, it's, it's and, and not just the presence of the Lord, but that, that presence is an active presence mm-hmm. calling me to respond to the one who embodies hope, peace, joy, and love. Mm. And, and 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 that that kind of misunderstanding also goes into or at least leads into uh the, the hymn that he sung, the gradual hymn around the, the, the gospel. The gospel which is according to Luke chapter two verses one to twenty, it's the birth of Christ. It is the angel singing to the, the you know the story. I'm not going to read the story to you. <laughs> I'm just going to say that the hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, the emphasis on the chorus misses the entire point of the song. Because <laughs> like when you're saying Hark the Herald Angels Sing, it's literally, you are literally saying, oh, wow, the angels are saying something important. And then because you you just, kind of associate these songs with the hook, with with the, the, the catchy refrain. Like, you miss the entire third verse, which is, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, Hail the Son of Righteousness. Um, Son spelt S-U-N in this version, <laughs> which is just hilarious. <laughs> um, Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, Born that we no more may die. Born to raise us from the earth. Born to give us second birth. 
And when you focus on just the hawk, the herald angel saying glory to the newborn king, you miss all of that nuance, all of the, the actual gospel within the psalm, which is about the symbolism of this idea of God walking among you and, and what that means. But isn't isn't the hymn trying to tell us that um, that preceding um, the revelation, the unfolding of the revelation of God's presence in the world, people are called to attention. People are called, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what the hark is. And what were angels? Angels were understood to be messengers from God. Um, heralds, um, heralding uh, mm. uh, the, the message in preparation, in preparing the people, the audience to hear, anticipate, and encounter. And but but but, but I think as, as a society we've been we've we've fallen into this trap of it's only the attention, it's only the vibes that we click on, you know. Like we we miss the depth of the story, and and like honestly, you now have the first two verses before the gospel, and then people are waiting for your sermon, so they're just going through the motions in what is effectively the central like gospel of this hymn, and they just say singing it and they're not internalizing it, um, so. So I'm not going to be at, at at Christmas Eve because I have small children and I am really tired. I've been working really hard this week, um, but but I'll be there. I'll be there on Christmas morning. Um, if I can ask that you that you slow it down, that that you focus on like that message that gets lost in the the hype of of the song. Can I just touch base with one of the things you said, if I may, mm-hmm. internalizing the message? Yeah. I was looking at how uh, um, sermons are being being produced and mm-hmm. what type of sermons do we preach? I'm I'm drawn to the one that they call narrative proclamation. Yeah, where you look at the story itself, and of course seeking what its contexts, why it was written, and all of that kind of things to capture those nuances behind it and what it, what is in it, um, and then a narrative a narrative proclamation draws us in like your story of the deep deep kloof, um toilet movement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, made, made me realize that there they internalized the issue mm. in order to find a possible solution as a community. Now, one hopes that that is what Christians are doing. Um, because, because in my view, we are embracing mystery who has embraced us. Mm. And how then do you speak of this mystery? And how do you live this out? Is the tenets that Jesus brought us, which you just adequately told us, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself, is the the thing we must live by? Uh, How do we internalize that? Because look, as with every sermon preached, um, based on the narrative, you, you as the listener have a very important task. As you listen, you are listening participatively, mm. not just to the preacher, but also having heard the text being read to the text itself and to the one who inspired the text, to the God of the text, if I can put it like that. So we listen to more than what the preacher is is saying. We're listening participatively and inclusively to a big to a bigger big picture. And the preacher is just but one part of that process. 
But when you hear whatever you hear through the filters that we hear it through mm-hmm. in our own lives, must then decide what is the good news for you. So yes, you may have sung verse one and two. Uh, verse two also focuses on Christ. Verse two, one also says Christ is born. And verse three gives us a little bit of a more, a greater understanding of who this Christ is. So the author is taking us on a journey. Mm. A journey of how do we, you know, and it's captured for me in these words. Um, if I may just refer to it, um, let us now go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. Mm-hmm. These were the words of the shepherds. Um, something was made known to us. Let us now go and see. So they internalized what they heard, but they also wanted to see what had gone mm-hmm. to take place. So that internalizing is a very important process. The question is, I'm a listener also. How do I work with the texts of the headlines that you guys produced as journalists, mm-hmm. the news that is broadcasted, the stories that are told through films and series and all of that, the experiences of others who come to share their life with, with me as their pastor. Um, what do I gain from it? How do I, am I enriched by it? Um, I, was, I was asked to do an unveiling of a tombstone the other day. Mm-hmm. And what did that do? I, through the liturgy of unveiling in our prayer book, was drawn to think seriously about why do we do these things? Put tombstones down. What is it that we're trying to say? Is this the way we're celebrating this person's life? What's connected to the story of this man? So thinking about Donald and and trying to capture who he was and is to the family. Interestingly enough, he was it was captured. His favorite hymn was um, was uh, was a chorus that that they sang, and um, uh, he touched me. Was the words you know shackled by every uh, every burden. Now I walked away from a grave from a grave enlightened, mm-hmm. filled with with hope and awe at my encounter at that graveside because of the reflection I was drawn into doing, the Mm -hmm. prayers that I was asked to pray, and the narrative of the family itself. At that graveside, there was a young Mm -hmm. man whom I had been in council with before. When I spoke to him on that day, he said, I'd just come out of hospital. I attempted suicide. And I asked him, why was that? So he said, because of the pain I'm feeling on the inside. Mm-hmm. I encountered a narrative I could not explain. When I look at, at the family, this boy has want, has want of nothing. Mm-hmm. But his internal narrative is in total uh, congruence to where he comes from, his background and all of the influences of his life. And I I I I, I hugged him and I I said something about I I believe in the hope that there's still for him he must not give up. But it was difficult because how do you speak about it? so I walk away with those two stories, a celebration of an uncle's life, and a young man who thinks best thing to do is to lose my life, to take my life. And I walked away, <clears throat> you know, the tension of the two. Yeah. yeah. So what is this young man internalizes made the pain so deep? Mm-hmm. And what has been internalized from the life of an uncle who passed on, that he's still remembered by these words. He touched me, and the joy that floods my soul, something happened, and now I know he touched me. And one of the nieces was saying to me, 
Whenever he wanted to sing, he called me from, told me to come to the house yeah. and yeah. sing it with him. And I walk away with the, those tensions yeah. you know, of hope and hopelessness. But that hopelessness, <clears throat> it, it, it comes from, from, from the insecurity, the insecurity um, that people around you will judge you. Sure. And and it's it's it it speaks to 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 that that lesson that I said that people miss about the like like you were you were speaking now about the the shepherds who wanted to go see. That still feeds into that hype cycle of like this thing happened, but it, it doesn't add depth to what that thing is. And it's when you reflect on the what. When you reflect on, on, on the lines of, of, of the song that goes, born to give us second birth, born uh, that we may no more, no more may die, born to raise us from the earth, risen with healing in his wings. Like there's, there's, there's a, and, and like, I don't even believe in this stuff, <laughs> but there's, there's, a, there's a meditation there. There's a reflection on what the symbol is. And especially with those kinds of suicidal thoughts, when you're in that place where it seems like the best resolution, it's because you are thinking of how other people are perceiving you. Which then tells me the question is not about what, it's about who. And I think that's a great place to leave this. Um, I have a long <laughs> ride ahead of me. Um, it's a very, very compressed and busy day. Uh, we will be off for two weeks. Uh, when are you back? In the I office? get back on the 16th of July. On the 16th of July. January, January. Yes, 16th. <laughs> 16th of January. You both fell into the trap now. It's been a long year. Um, yes, so we will be off uh, until the, the, the Sunday after that, um, taking a, a well-deserved break um, from everything. And I wish to all those who celebrate a Merry Christmas, um, enjoy the family, enjoy Enjoy the time, enjoy the rest. If you well, we are granted some rest this weekend uh, because it is a four-day weekend, um, and yeah, just have a fantastic time and appreciate everything about the season. Appreciate the rebirth. Appreciate the the idea that your God walked among you. Amen. stranger to all our sorrow and every hurt we'll ever know so let these gifts remind us how love came down to find us the wonder of the age